This is the FCB Radio Network, home of the best personalities, and where real talk lives. Online at fcbradio.com. FCB. They freed us all from tyranny. We stand everything for liberty. And they thought so we would be America, land of the Welcome back to the Growing Patriot Podcast, American History for Kids. I'm your host, Amelia Hamilton. We've been talking a lot about the Articles of Confederation. They were a way for different states to determine how they were going to work together, because that's how we were founded, as a collection of independent states. But when our founders got together in Pennsylvania from May through September of 1787, the plan was to work on those articles to get them to work better. By September, that mission had changed. They were creating a constitution. Let's dig in to the Constitutional Convention of 1787. At the end of the Revolutionary War, George Washington was ready to go home and be a farmer at his home of Mount Vernon, but 1787 found him in Philadelphia as the president of the Constitutional Convention. There were some big issues that had to be worked out, and that meant compromise. In a compromise, people who don't agree have to find some common ground, so nobody gets exactly what they want, but everybody gets something they can live with. One of the big compromises was called the Great Compromise, or the Connecticut Compromise, and it was about how Americans were going to be represented in this new country. States with a lot of people thought the number of representatives for each state should be determined by how many people live in it. So states with a lot of people would have a lot of representatives, and states without very many people wouldn't have very many. But small states thought that the numbers should be equal. The compromise ended up being two different parts of Congress that represent us, the House and the Senate. So members of the House of Representatives would be decided by how many people live in each state, but in the Senate, each state would have two representatives, no matter what their size. That was a major issue that they had to figure out, and they passed it by just a tiny majority on July 23, 1787. Another big thing they had to decide was what powers the president would have. After all, They'd just gotten rid of a king who was way too powerful, and they did not want to get into that situation again. They wanted to make sure he would not be able to make decisions that nobody else wanted. The people would have to be able to say no. So they decided that a president would be elected every four years. It wouldn't be a lifetime job like a king. But how would a president be elected in the first place? Some people thought that Congress should choose the president. Other people said that the people should choose. But again, since we're a collection of states, we have to make sure that every state is represented by the new president. So a big state couldn't have a president win who would just ignore the small states. They needed a solution, and the solution was one of the most genius things our founders did. It's called an electoral college. It's kind of confusing, but basically each state has a certain number of votes for president, and that's decided by how many people live there. So states with more people have more votes, and whichever candidate gets the most votes wins. That way, the states choose the president, and a candidate for being president has to make as many states happy as they possibly can if they want to be elected and then re-elected. And while they were figuring out how to count the, count the population of each state, 
they had to take on a really tough issue, slavery. They decided to count every enslaved person as only three-fifths of a person, just a little bit more than half. Do you remember the 13 original American colonies? Well, now they were 13 states, and 10 out of those 13 had already outlawed the slave trade, but three, Georgia, North Carolina, and South Carolina, said they would leave the convention if the slave trade was banned. We really needed this constitution, so unfortunately, that was something that was compromised on. A special committee was created, and they decided that Congress would have the power to ban the slave trade, but not until 1800. The convention voted on the idea and decided to extend that date to, to 1808, but the slave trade did end up being abolished before then, in 1807. Once all of that was figured out, the states had to ratify it, which means they had to say, yes, I agree, and that they would live by the Constitution. And that finally happened in, on May 29th of 1790, two and a half years later, when Rhode Island signed on. Then in July of 1790, Washington, D.C. was established as the home of American government. It was right between the northern colonies and the southern and was named after George Washington and Christopher Columbus. But who was the first person in charge? In 1789, the first presidential election, George Washington was unanimously elected president of the United States. So instead of going home to his farm, Mount Vernon, he was going to serve his country as president first. But that's a story for another day. In September, toward the end of that Constitutional Convention, George Washington wrote a letter to his friend, Colonel David Humphreys, and it talks all about the new Constitution. Here's what he said. The Constitution that is submitted is not free from imperfections, but there are as few radical defects in it as well could be expected, considering the heterogeneous mass of which the Convention was composed and the diversity of insights which were to be reconciled. That means that he knows that the Constitution isn't completely perfect, but there are no major problems, and that imperfection was to be expected considering there was a heterogeneous mass, that means a lot of different kinds of people that made up the convention, and the diversity of interests which were to be reconciled, which, meaning ev which means that everybody had different ideas of what it should be, different ideas of what was the most important, and all of those compromises had to be made. He then went on to say, a constitutional door being opened for future alterations and amendments, I think it would be wise for the people to adopt what is offered to them, and I wish it may be by as great a majority of them as the body that decided upon it. So he's saying that he thinks that this constitution is the absolute best possible document that it can be, and that he hopes that the American people appreciate it and accept it. He also makes a note that there will be room for amendments. People will be able to change this when it becomes necessary. In the next part, in the next part he says, much will depend, however, on literary abilities and the recommendation of it by good pens, should it be openly, I mean publicly, attacked in the gazettes. 
so he knows that the newspapers and writers might say things about it that aren't really true and might attack it in the newspaper. But he is depending on the recommendation of good pens. He is hoping that people will write good and true things about it. And when he says much will depend on literary abilities, he hopes that people will read it themselves and that their abilities to understand it will tell them what's true and what's not in what people are saying. He then talks about his own feelings. Go matters however as they may, I shall have the consolation to reflect that no objects but the public good and that peace and harmony which I wished to see prevail in the convention ever obtruded even for a moment in my mind during the whole session, lengthy as it was. So as long as it took, and even as much as there was arguing, he will know in his heart that his only plan was the public good and peace and harmony. So he's saying that he did his absolute best. He thinks that the document is the best it possibly can be and that it's going to be important for people to read it themselves and rely on what they see written in the document, not what people say about it. And that is still an important lesson today. You are definitely going to want to tune in for the next several episodes where we talk about all of the different things that the Constitution established for us, the way our government would be created, the rights that were protected, and how we were going to live together in this new country. We're going to have great guests talking about all of that, and I can't wait. Until then, please find us on social media at Growing Patriots on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or GrowingPatriots.com. all from tyranny we stand for thing for liberty and they thought so we would be america land of the free distributed by fcb radio network